Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Over to Revelations chapter 5. Revelation. Revelation, not revelations, I should say. Revelation. God showed me something out of the book of Revelations. Revelation, not revelations. It's the revelation of John chapter 5. We have been in a fascinating series entitled Angels and Demons. And we're going to continue it today. It's our second week in this series. But I wanted to bring this out today in chapter 5 of Revelation. John is seeing a picture of heaven. Verse 9, we're going to start, and it says, And they sang a new song. How many know when we get to heaven, these songs are great, but when you get to heaven and you see what you've been singing about for years by faith, and you're going to see what he saw, you're going to sing a new song. It's going to come out of your heart. It's just going to, you just, that's the way that everyone responded when they got in the presence of God. They just begin to worship. As we ended last week, that's all those angels do in the throne room of God is worship. And they're content to be there for millennia because God is so fascinating and beautiful. Here John sees it and they sung a new song and this is what they sang. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Now to be fair with you, you'd have to have the whole chapter to have context to understand this. But for the sake of, of time, we're just going to continue. For you were, you were slain. And you have redeemed us to God. That's the purpose of you being on planet earth. Is to have a relationship with God. By your blood, which is Jesus Christ who died for us. And I love this. Out of every tribe and language and people and nation. Everybody was there. There was no little church group here, church group there. Everybody was just in the throne of God. And he saw everybody from everyone. Everyone and, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. There's so much theology in that one verse. Look at this one. This one I want you to see is the diversity of supernatural beings that God created. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. Someone say many angels. Around the throne, the living creatures, they're different. The elders, they're different. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. John is trying his best to express what he's seeing through an ancient vocabulary, very limited. There was no word billion or trillion in those days, so he's just trying to say, hey, high as I can go, it's thousands. And there's thousands times thousands times thousands. Worthy is the Lamb. This is what he heard them sing with a what voice? What voice? loud voice you guys are loud at church well thank you worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them i heard them saying blessed and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever then the four living creatures said amen 
The 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and forever. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, help me today to communicate what it is you want me to teach and say to your people today. Help us to stay on track today, God, on this, this uh, message today. There's so many different ways we can go. I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, arouse a hunger in all of us to go deeper in our prayer life, deeper in our devotional life, and deeper in our spiritual life. Lift up the veil over our eyes, God. Let us see with spiritual eyes and understanding that the battle that we are in today is not against flesh and blood, but against the spirits that are against you and your work on the earth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. Tyler, hand me my water, please, on the front row there. Thank you. Well, as I said, we have been in a fascinating series called Angels and Demons. And it has, my whole attempt was to let people know and let, it, let us know that we are living in a very supernatural or spiritual world. That our, our world is, is actually populated with spiritual beings that we're not able to see, but it is, it is in the unseen realm that the Bible talks about from cover to cover. And for the sake of keeping things simple, we put them into two categories, hence the name of the series, Angels and Demons. As you can just read in Revelation, God made more than just angels, and there are more evil spirits than just demons. But for the sake of keeping it simple, we'll we'll classify angels as being good and godly beings, and demons as being evil and as the Bible describes, unclean, evil spirits. But as you can look through here, God, there are more than just your typical angel. Angel actually means messenger. And so there are a type of angels who were dedicated, right, uh, rightfully so, just for messengers. That's, that's a very limited uh, definition of the spiritual beings that God has created, as you can see right here. There are creatures, there are elders, there were seven spirits. We don't even know what those are. There are just so many different uh, supernatural and spiritual beings that exist today. And why are you preaching all of this, especially on a Sunday and taking the time to do this? As I shared last week, that in order for us to realize that we, in order for us to arise and shine, we got to realize that there is darkness on the, on the land. And it's not just power outages. It is a spiritual darkness that the Bible prophesies and talks about. So it's threefold, and I'll repeat it again throughout the series while I'm, why we are teaching this. And it's simply as believers to remind us that there is a, a spiritual conflict between good and evil all around us, and it does affect our lives and the world in which we live. So it's just to remind us believers, and let me say this, also to awaken the unbelievers to the fact that there is a spiritual conflict in our world today. It is, uh, we just celebrated Martin Luther King Jr., the holiday, uh, an awesome man of God who 
uh, was the forerunner in the civil rights movement. He will be the first to tell you that he was not fighting against a particular race. He was fighting against a spirit, a demonic spirit that was out to eliminate a, a part of God's humanity, which is the black community. It was the same spirit that Adolf Hitler had when he tried to eliminate the Jews and go throughout history. There have been people that have tried to come and eliminate someone else. It's a spirit of hatred. It's a spirit of bias and prejudice. It's a, it's a spirit. It's not a particular ethnic group. Come on, somebody. We jumped right into that today. Amen. Yeah. All right. So just to remind us, and, and secondly, to, to help us have a correct view and understanding according to the Bible. Many of us have our own beliefs on angels and demons, and usually it's from legend or opinion or Hollywood. And as I shared with you last week, what we've been discussing and what we will continue to discuss, because it's going to get kind of bizarre as you read how angels fell from heaven and cohabitated with the women of earth in Genesis 6 and giants were on the land. I mean, it's like, whoa, wait, what? This all happened before Hollywood ever came out with the Avengers. So as, as we go through this series, you're going to be tempted to go, ah, that's really not, not that sounds like Hollywood. This is way before Hollywood was ever, ever birthed or any of that had happened. And so I gave you that scripture out of Hebrews that by faith we understand. And it needs to carry you through this series. And thirdly, to equip you to fight the good fight of faith. Knowing about the powers of darkness and how they fell, how they operate in the earth today, what their agenda is on this, in this life will help you and I fight the good fight of faith. How many know that saying knowledge is power? Well, the Bible says it like this. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So if you don't understand that there are spiritual uh, influences behind our enemies, you will take up and will want to fight against a people group. You'll want to fight against people who are economically different, racially different, uh, socially different. However, just because you, you will judge wrong, we'll, we'll judge people wrong. Everything is wrong if we just go by our natural senses. And so that's another reason for us to take a look and, and to remind us, as we'll see here in a few minutes, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Look at the person next to you and say, I ain't mad at you. <laughs> say to the person next to you, my beef ain't with you. Uh, you ain't my enemy. Come on, tell somebody that, the other person, because they're still mad at you. You ain't my enemy. You ain't my enemy. We need to learn to not fight with one another, but fight for one another. Come on, somebody. That's what we need to do. In a family, we need to quit fighting with one another and fight for one another. Amen. Come on, somebody. And as you get spiritually minded and you grow in your faith, this becomes a part of your everyday life. And so you end up not fighting a battle that you were never meant to fight. Last week we talked about, we started with this, and that is where we needed to start. The fact of the matter is there is only one God. There is only one God. If you weren't here last week, please listen to that podcast. Go back and listen to it. And we just talked about how our God is awesome and he's awesome all by himself. He's in a class all by himself. He is not in time. He created time. He is outside of time. He is not old. He's not this old ogre up in heaven uh, waiting to zap you every time you get out of line. 
He is called in Daniel the Ancient of Days because he's always been, always is, and always will be. But he is not senile or old. He is right on time. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is all-powerful. He was there when you got here. He'll be here now, and he'll be here when we're gone. He is God all by himself. Come on, somebody. He is eternal. He is God. He's all by himself. And you need to have faith, and you, you and I need to be encouraged by that. Thank God he's not like you and me. Amen. Amen. Thank God he don't get discouraged, and he never learns anything. He didn't, he's not looking at your life right now and going, whoa, man, I feel sorry for you, man. Didn't see that coming. No, he knew it was going to happen. And he sets us up many times to look for him during those seasons just to show himself faithful. So when you trust him through the storm, you come out on the other side strengthened in your faith saying, man, there is a God and he is with me and he does care for me because he's walked with me. Oh, come on, somebody. We need to have faith. But to understand the things of God, we really aren't called to understand God. Let Let me set you free from that right now. You're never going to figure God out. We are unable to comprehend the nature of God. We cannot, there was an angel that appeared to Samson's mother and father and told them that she was going to give birth to a son. And it was just an angel. And he did something marvelous. There was a fire and this angel jumped into the fire and went up into heaven and it was like spectacular. She went and got her husband, came back the next day because he said he would be there again. There this messenger was again, this angel. Angels are all in your Bible, by the way. And they asked him, they said, thank you for this promise that we're going to have a son. Now tell me what your name is. And I love it. He says, why should I tell you my name? You can't even comprehend my name. We can't not even comprehend the name of an angel. How do we think we're ever going to understand fully all of God? So let me set you free from that. This series isn't to explain God or explain the supernatural because I would sound like an idiot trying to do that. I I am not capable of doing that. We're never told to understand God. We're just told to trust God. And that has set you free. That's one of the hardest things you'll ever do, though, at times, is to trust God. But we're, the Bible says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways and his thoughts um, are from us. We're not called to understand it, but we are called to know him. This week, and what we're going to focus on is that God created supernatural beings to fulfill divine functions. That's why I want to kind of follow that today. Help me, Lord, to teach this. I'm a preacher. I like to get, I get kind of excited about the Bible. I don't know about you, but I get excited about my God. I'm an excited kind of person, okay? If that offends you, I'm not sorry. That's who I am. You probably knew that because you can listen to the podcast before you got here, and so you'll like it. So I'm in the right place. Am I at the right place? Yeah. Amen, amen. But being a pastor, you do got to kind of calm down and teach a little bit. And so pray for me. Amen. So. First of all, supernatural beings, they, uh, they were created by God. God. God created them. Psalm says, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. That's a different category of supernatural spiritual beings. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Watch this. For he commanded and they were created. So why is that important? Because you need to understand, angels and spiritual beings are not equal to God. They have a beginning. God does not have a beginning. He always was. Again, you cannot comprehend that. I used to have our youth, 
I would draw a, a circle on the board or one of those infinity, infinity things and tell me, and then I'd ask him, where did I start, where did I end, and get him thinking, that's how God is. I mean, we try our best to try to comprehend that, and, and you ain't going to do it. Jesus would try to help in his teaching by um, using different analogies in life. Remember, he had a very educated Pharisee named Nicodemus who was very, he was a scholar, and he couldn't comprehend the, uh, the fact that Jesus said, you must be born again. He was like, I don't understand it. He says, yeah, you got to be born of the Spirit. What does that mean? Do I got to go back into my mother's womb? Remember that whole story? And so Jesus tried to help him by comparing the Spirit of God with the wind. Even though you can't see the wind, where it comes from or where it goes, you just know what's there. That's how God is. Again, just trying to help us through. But he created the angels. In other words, they're, they're, um, they had a beginning. There was a time when there were no angels. And then there were angels. He created them. Then you would say, well, Pastor Eddie, how many, how many angels are there? We don't know. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that coming to heavenly Jerusalem, that there is an innumerable company of angels. In my opinion, I've always thought that if, since the population of the earth has grown to a record high of over 7 billion now or whatever, it's like growing like crazy, uh, are there enough angels to go around? If you really look at that, my thought is God can just simply create an angel if he needs it. There's not a shortage in heaven. He's not going, oh no, I'll go to the angel factory and say, you guys ain't hitting the numbers. He's like, whatever. You've got to throw a little humor in there every now and then because it's going to get kind of deep. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's not like there's a shortage. There is an innumerable. We, we saw in the text today that John uh, struggled trying to explain the mass crowd that he saw. He just said it was thousands upon thousands, times thousands, times thousands, as he looked around and he saw the spectacular sight of the angelic hosts. What are these beings like? So the next few minutes, I'm going to start breaking this down. And this really goes both ways with good and evil spirits. And the Bible has allowed us to uh, know this. So you and I, again, need to know what we're up against. And really, let me just pause here. My motive and my intentions on teaching this is, yeah, to inform you and to equip you. But also today, you're going to see the power of prayer. And as a pastor, I, man, I, I love Love to hear how when you tell me God is calling you, some of you are, are in a season of prayer that you said you've never been in before. God's calling you deeper in prayer. I love it when you come up to me and you say, man, you know, I'm, I'm going deeper in the things of God. I'm studying the word of God. That's, that's, I'm like, thank you. That, I, I'm more happy about that than you putting a piece of drywall up and it'd be perfect. <laughs> I mean, that helps too. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, I, when people come, you don't want to stand in front of them. Don't look here. Keep going. Amen. <laughs> but really what gets me excited is when I see people growing in their faith. And that's really what I'm wanting to do. When you see the power of prayer and how it works, it should cause you to want to pray. This, this is going to make you want to pray. I know it has me even more pray, want to pray. Because sometimes you feel like your prayers don't really are mattering. You're just rambling some words off. When you really see the power of prayer, you'll see why your prayer life is fought more than anything else. People kill me sometimes. Pastor, we need revival. Well, why don't you come to prayer and pray for revival? Okay, you see what I'm saying. <laughs> we need revival and you never come. I'm saying we, we, we need to kind of put our works and our actions to what we, we want. And, and, and one of the ways we're going to see revival and an awakening in our country 
It's not by sharing things only on Facebook, yelling at people, throwing tracks at people, and running around. I mean, those all have, well, some of them have an effect that are positive. Uh, what will happen, every revival known to man in the Bible and throughout history started with somebody on their knees praying saying, God, send revival, and send revival to me first. Send it to me first. Awaken me first, God. Let me get on fire for you first, God. Come on, somebody. Amen. So, what are these beings like in in the Bible? They're much like us. They're beings. They are not humans, and I'll share the difference between humans and angels coming up in three weeks, two weeks. But they are much like us. They have intellect, will, and emotion. We know they have intellect, number one, they are smart, they are capable of understanding, they are cognitive. We see this when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, and the women, Mary Magdalene, was bringing spices to the tomb, and the angel stood there and said, Mary, we know who you are looking for, for why are you looking for the, looking for the living among the dead, for he is not here, he has risen. Well, the angels comprehended and knew why they were there. And throughout the scripture, they, they are not this, these um, uh, robots. They, they are very smart. Lucifer, that's the source of evil in the earth today. If you don't believe in a devil, well, he believes in you. And Jesus did tell us that there is a, a he's not a little guy. You might have saw the video on social media. We'll show it again next week about this little cartoon devil that we've been gr- brought up in life. And through life, we think he's this little red dude with a suit and a pitchfork. He, he is not that at all. He is the evil influence that is in the earth today that is opposed to everything godly and good. For you to say there is no devil, it's for you and I to deny there is the existence of evil. He is very evil, but before he fell and became, as we know him today, Satan, he is described in Ezekiel as being, you were the seal of perfection, watch this, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He was the most, in fact, you'll see one of the reasons he fell was because of pride and because of his wisdom. It wasn't good enough being uh, on the divine council and, and, and in the throne of God. He wanted to be higher than God. And he says the five I wills, which we'll get to later. And then Jesus said it best when he looked at his disciples and he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's defeated. Oh, come on, stick to it. Okay, amen. He has an intellect. They have an intellect. They have a will. A third of the angels chose to go with Satan and to leave heaven. Jude writes about it in the book of Jude. That's right before you get to Revelation. And he says, And angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness in the judgment for the judgment of the great day. Wait, what? I love the Bible. It's filled with all kinds of things. Very interesting, very fascinating to read the apocrypha books and books that deal with the things of the end time. This was common knowledge in the first century with Paul and Peter and, and all of them. That's how Paul was able to write about it. And some of Paul's writings, Peter says in his epistle that he has a hard time understanding some of the things that Paul wrote. He's like, I don't even understand. That man had some amazing revelation. Well, we also know that Paul received that revelation because he had some sort of an out-of-body experience and the things he saw and witnessed were forbidden for men. So God allowed 
allowed a messenger of Satan to keep him humble. Put that in your theology. You see, we try to figure out God is like this and he's only like that. As soon as you think you got him nailed down to the front door, God comes right in the back door. And he does that on purpose to keep us from being in control. How many control freaks we got here? Amen. Some of you are like, I ain't admitting it. I got control. Your husband's going, yep, right here. Your wife's going, right here. We all have that. We, we don't believe unless we can put it in a file. Listen, you ain't going to ever put God in a file. As I said last week, some of you struggle working your iPhone. How are you ever going to figure out the things of God? They have emotion. They have emotion. Luke chapter 15, the Bible says that angels rejoice in heaven. And there is rejoicing among the angelic spiritual beings. Watch this. When one person converts his life to Christ. I mean, in all the singing that we do, and all the great churches that we do, and all the great conferences, they're all fun. But really what makes a celebration happen in heaven? Only one thing. Not even a person getting healed. Not even a person getting filled with them baptism and the Holy Ghost and speaking in them their tongues. As awesome as all of that is, but I wish everybody was healed. And as Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. But the only thing that really gets people excited in heaven and God himself and the angelic being is when one sinner bows his knee and say, God, I humble myself. I surrender my heart to you and to you alone. We've had people get saved here on the craziest times. I love seeing Curtis here in the second row. First convert to give his life to Christ. We're working. He showed up in the kitchen just for, to get a little snack. Amen. I don't blame you, brother. Women can cook in this church. I'm telling you. Amen. That's why I'm so excited about the Super Bowl party. Amen. Some guys are cooking some things too, but I know a lot of the women are behind that. Amen. And I thank the Lord for it. Amen. He came in. He gave his heart to the Lord. We had our staff meeting. Uh, or our director's meeting Monday. I forget what meeting. We're having meetings all over the place. You know, there's a book out called Death by Meetings. We were having a meeting in the River Kids, and while this guy just staggers into the building, he sees the lights on, and he comes here, and he comes in, and he just kind of finds his way. And, of course, our awesome security guy, Pastor John, was on it, jumped out there, ended up talking to him and leading him to Christ. Amen. I don't know if he's here, but God bless you if you're here. Lindsay Markham, working at the, uh, down at the AAA Pregnancy Center, had a young woman who was going to give, going to have an abortion, but she met a sidewalk counselor who talked her uh, into keeping the baby. And she grew up in church, and she kind of had an understanding of God and knew what she was doing wasn't God's will. And she decided to keep the baby. She ended up coming to the pregnancy center, met with Lindsay. Lindsay sat down with her and led her to the Lord. Saved two lives. Now the pregnancy center, they come alongside and they help her. They help her with diapers. They help her to come alongside. They help her with everything she's going to need as a young mom. That's the church, people. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. It's one thing to point fingers at somebody and say, you shouldn't have an abortion. You shouldn't. Well, the church is also called to step up and to help them. And they say, hey, man, if you're going to choose to bring this baby into this world, we're going to help take care of it. Okay, who's going to sign up this week? Amen. No. Amen. <laughs> That's the Myers. Amen. I know you will. We, how do you help, by the way? A shameless plug. Whenever you support missions or you support these ministries, 
uh, that help people get their life back together. That's a way that you and I way help. Amen. So much here. So much here. So see how it's a spiritual thing that we fight against. They have emotion because not only do they get excited, but the demons, the evil spirits, they hate God. They hate. That's an emotion. They hate God. They don't fear God. They're afraid of God. The Bible says they tremble at the name of Jesus. Christians have a fear of God. It's healthy to have a fear of God. The Bible says in Genesis that God put the fear of man in animals. That's why the little rabbit that you try to catch takes off running from you. Wild animals fly away from you. Genesis says God did that. Put it in them. It's a healthy. It's healthy for you and I to have a fear of heights. Although I fought against it this year and went skydiving. <laughs> well, I was scared all the way down. Amen. I, anyway, you're afraid of fire. That's a healthy. That's a healthy fear. Fear of snakes. Amen. We don't handle snakes. We throw them out of here in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. That we're, you're, that's healthy. Let me just bring this in here to parents. It's, it's healthy for our children to have a healthy fear of mom and dad. So when you're in the parking lot and Johnny takes off running, you go, hey, Johnny, if he ain't afraid of you, he's going to keep running and what's going to happen. But when he knows when you say, hey, Johnny, and as my mama used to do, she just would look. I look for her sometimes. She's giving me that look. You don't want to get daddy going. It's healthy to have that fear. You understand what I'm saying? Because if we fear mom and dad, we'll fear authorities. We'll fear, pol- we'll fear uh, school teachers. We'll fear police. Ultimately, you'll have a fear of God. One of the enemy's tactics is to remove the fear of God by uh, confusing the love of God. No, no, no. You don't have to be afraid of God. The only people that were afraid of God were the children of Israel, and that's because they had something to hide. When you're afraid of God, it's because we have something to hide. But the fear of God says, I'm not perfect and I know what God hears me and all my mess. Come on, fix me, God, please, in Jesus. I draw near to you. Come on, somebody. Amen? But the angels aren't like that. They're, they're afraid of God. They hate God. They're afraid of that name. It's like a, it's like a, a, a lion and a lion tamer. If you've ever seen the, the old days in the zoo, that, that lion could kill that man. He don't fear that lion tamer. He's afraid of that whip, though. So he's like, he, he will, you beat him into submission. That guy will beat him into, I know it's awful, but he will beat him into submission with that thing. That's kind of like the evil spirits. They don't reverence God. They don't love God, but they back down. The Bible says they tremble at the very name of Jesus. When we were worshiping God, if you could see in the spiritual realm, there was a light coming up out of this place that was just piercing the darkness of this community. I mean, it just is so true, and it just brings light. And the praises of God go up, and the blessings of God come down. That's how it works. You could do this and practice this in your own personal life. Three years ago this week, I was having massive surgery on me uh, to get this fluid out of the side of me. And I remember going back into that uh, surgery room, just praising God and thanking God, praying in the Holy Spirit. And what was happening, that fear as I would do that would just leave out of me and I began to just get my mind upon God. But the angelic beings do have emotion. I got a ton of these. Hallelujah. Supernatural beings, number, they are spirits. They are not humans. Let me say this. Humans don't become angels, and angels don't become humans. Let's back up. 
when you and I die, and I know it's very comforting for people to say, you know, they're an angel now, that's very comforting, but let me just be your pastor, and, and this is a point of me teaching this, is so you have correct theology. How many want to know the truth? I know it comforts you to know that your loved one, I have an uncle, I have cousins. My first funeral, I was seven years old when my little cousin was three and she died in a horrible tragedy. I've, I've been around, I've got a lot of lost loved ones or people that have died and that I know that are in heaven. God gave me an awesome dream about my little cousin, by the way, when I was seven years old to help me through that thing. But here's the thing. I know it's comforting to say they're an angel. They're, they're not an angel. They, they, they are human beings. And by the way, when you realize the purpose of being human, you will be very happy that you are not an angel and that you are a human being. When you understand, this is what caused Lucifer to fall is because he's jealous of you. He hates you because we're the only creation made in the image of God and his likeness. You'll see that here in future episodes. You don't want to be an angel. You would want to be who you are because we're the only ones at the end of the book are singing about the song of the redeemed while the angels stand silent. An angel can never get saved. An angel is never born and goes through life and has children, never be redeemed. Jesus did not come to die for an angel. Angels are servants of God, but you're the only one that can be a child of God. You don't become an angel. They're in heaven. My aunt is in heaven. My uncles and aunts, my uncle I just lost this year is in heaven. And by the way, if I could say, Uncle Billy, I want you to come down here, he would not. (laughs) He is way better off than we are any day. He's not an angel. He is in heaven. And angels uh, do not become human, but they can take human form. Hebrews 1 says, are they not all ministering spirits, 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 Sent forth for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. They are sent forth by God, as you'll see this in a minute. They are spirits sent by God. Hebrews then goes on to say, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some has entertained angels unaware. Fascinating scripture. He says, Be careful how you treat people. Because some have entertained angels unaware. Again, God doesn't tempt us, but he does test us. He does. It's all in the Bible. Angels were sent all the time. I've heard some fascinating stories my whole life, and I'm sure you have too, and I'm sure I've heard some from you that have had these encounters with people that came up out of nowhere. I've seen them on the news, I've seen them in documentaries, people in car accidents, and this, and this lady showed up, and she happened to be a nurse, she performed a surgery, saved his life, and he looked, he looked up and she's gone. I mean, I've heard that, why? Because that wasn't his time or her time to die. Now, we have had other stories, people that love God, that seem to have been taken way before their time. Again, we don't understand all of these things, but we got to stick to what we do know. And what we do know is that there are angels that take on the form of humanity and will be with us sometimes. My friend Ladon and I were just talking about this not too long ago when we were teenagers. Uh, we were going for a ride and his car had some problem. And remember that? We pulled over by this bank on Goddard Road in Taylor and he popped the hood and we're out there trying to figure out what was happening. And this guy comes up and he starts to just, uh, I got in the car because I was going to help start it. And he just began to go, oh, yeah, let me help you guys out. This is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. I mean, he told us exactly what was happening. And uh, Ladon was like, yeah, we weren't very mechanically inclined. We would not get our hands dirty. I would not get my hands dirty at 17. I'm th- th- my hair was too important. Okay. 
By faith he had the long hair. Come on, say it with me. You ever see Bon Jovi? Okay, anyway. It's a true story. I remember this guy standing out there helping LaDon. Never saw him before in my life. And we knew everybody in Taylor. Everybody in Down River knows everybody. Or knows somebody that knows that somebody. That's how y'all got here. That's how I got here. And I remember it started, boom, started the car right up, man. And he shut the hood. And we went to go, hey, say thank you. The dude was gone. Now, unless he shut the hood and then took off like a horse, who does that? Number one. He wouldn't have made it out of the parking lot. But here's the thing that I know it was a God and possibly an angel. To this day, it has been something that LaDon has thought often about. A year ago, he gave his life to the Lord. He's sitting on the third row in church today. Could it be? Could it be? And here's a, here's a disclaimer. How do you know that dream was of God? How do you know that experience was of God? Please don't forget this. Every supernatural or spiritual experience that you and I will ever encounter, this is how you judge if it came from God or the enemy or just too much pizza. If it came from God, it will draw you closer to God. Some people told me in church, Pastor, God told me that I need to quit, leave, quit coming to church. God told me I need to quit giving. Church, God told me I need to take a break. I actually heard this. God told me I need to take a break from reading the Bible and from coming to church. I've heard people say that. Okay, that, those are common signs of idiot. No. <laughs> and you wonder why your life's falling apart. Really? No, no, no. Those, but there are some things that, that are really kind of get you thinking, and the best way to judge it is to say, hey, is this thing leading me closer to God? Is it getting me into the Word? I'm going to be real delicate here, but many have seen some loved ones that are not here with us, and you've seen them in dreams or something, and you, and you think, is that them coming back to me? I really don't have a, uh, a lot of scripture on that. We are forbidden by God to communicate with the dead, so I do know that. There are a thing in the Bible that's called familiar spirits. They're in the Bible. Um, and so we'll unpack a little bit of that, but that's really not the point of this series. All I can say, and I know that when you lose a loved one, I had some family members that lost their spouse who have been married for over 50 years, and it's very difficult for them right now. And so to kind of help them get through, they like see the person, they like have these moments, and I, I don't know about all of that. If it draws you closer to God, you need to just focus on God. And this is what I tell people. Focus on the living, not the dead. They're in the presence of God. They wouldn't come back to you, honey, if they wanted to. I mean, that's just not in Scripture. If God needed to get a message to you, he will send it in another way of communication. If you find one in the Bible that disagrees with that, please come show me because I haven't found it. I'm just saying we're told to seek God and not our lost loved ones. You got to leave them and let them go. Leave them be in the presence of God. They're better off than we are. And I have some that are not here, and I don't know if they made it into heaven because I don't know if they received Jesus Christ. That's another difficult situation. You know what I do? By faith, I believe somehow in God's mercy and his love, they were able to make a proclamation because God loves them more than you do. And you know what? I don't know. I can't stay up all night thinking about that. i got to focus on the ones that are alive, which is in my household today. Amen? Amen? Five minutes to, go, to get seven more. <laughs> they protect, Psalms 34, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. 
and delivers them. That's so good. Those that fear him. Matthew 18, Jesus out of nowhere is just speaking about young believers to his disciples. And he says, take heed that you do not despise one of these baby Christians. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels, look at that, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Pharisees had a tendency to judge people based on how long they were saved. If you were a new Christian, they looked at you as as being second class, a baby Christian. I actually was a part of a church one time, and they had this in that church. These people would come by Melinda and I and made us feel like dirt because we didn't prophesy in the church. We weren't super spiritual. Church would be awesome if it weren't for some of these people sometimes. Amen. So anyway, they would, they, they would look at us like, like a, you know, what translation of the Bible you're reading? You know, and I'm looking at them like, dude, aren't you happy that I'm delivered from drugs and alcohol i'm 25 years old and i'm in church aren't you aren't you aren't you happy so what my pants sagging a little bit and i got a hat on to the left hey i'm in church again by faith by faith i used to have that okay what am i going to do with all this jesus said don't look down on people you may look down on them because they're not as spiritual as you their angels see the face of my father. And my father thinks they're significant enough for him to see them. So who do you think you are? Jesus was cold sometimes. Acts, Peter's in prison. An angel, fascinating story, sets him free. He takes off and he, he runs to where they're having a prayer meeting. I love this story. He knocks on the door. They're literally praying for Peter to be released out of prison. He's released out of prison. He knocks on the door, and they don't think it's him. (laughs) He knocks on the door. A woman named Rhoda opens the window and says, Peter's here. And they go, no, it's not. We're praying for Peter. Come up here. (laughs) Oh, God, set Peter free. Hallelujah. (laughs) Peter's going, y'all better let me in because they're going... And long story, this is what they said. It's not Peter. It must be his angel. Fascinating story. The common knowledge was God has a, or an angel, a guardian angel, over his people. It's in Scripture. I showed it to you. The angel of the Lord encamps around them. Peter didn't came in. <laughs> I love that story. I've got to keep going. But there are many, and let me just tell you, I have had numerous times when I know that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God's protective mercy. I've shared this before, but let me start to close. Running around back in the day with my boys coming back from River Rouge. I'll never forget. I've told this story before. And the police came up, and we were not having a prayer meeting. So we all scattered, ran behind. Used to be a Coney Island there on Jefferson, right where Ecorse and Rouge meet there. And I ran behind there. And I had a uh, beverage in my jacket, in my Raiders coat, uh, and I hid behind this thing until I heard all the commotion, you know, all my friends getting the rest, some of them running, jumping fences, and we're all hiding there. I'm probably 18, so I, I know I would have been charged as an adult, so I'm, you know, so anyway, I, I come around when the, it, I'll never forget this, it was quiet, so I figured it was safe, I come around, it's pitch black back there, and all I heard was, Freeze! Put your hands up. 
Some of you are going, what kind of church am I in right now? <laughs> this is BC, not before coffee, but before Christ. I looked up and a cop had his gun pulled on me, looking at me. And he said, put your hands up, you're under arrest, blah, blah, blah. And I reached in my coat, pulled out my, it was a 40 ounce, and I put it on the ground and I lifted my hands. And just a few seconds later, I was plowed to the ground by another of River Rouge's finest on the hard pavement. And I uh, was arrested, taken into jail. It was a Friday, so I didn't see the judge until Monday. And so sitting in there, I go up Monday morning to see the judge. And on the way up, never had this happen in my criminal career. But this arresting, the bailiff said, I need you to come into this room first. I walk into this room. There was River Rouge's prosecuting attorney and this man dressed in street clothes who was very nervous and was very upset because he was smoking cigarettes. You could smoke cigarettes in the 90s anywhere and everywhere. And anyway, and I said, okay, prosecuting attorney, I've been here before. They're going to make a deal. I'm going to plead guilty. You know, that's what this is. He said, nope, sit down. I need you to hear this man's story. Uh, before you go and see the judge. And this guy said, yeah, I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm the arresting officer that night. I was the one that had my gun drawn on you. And I can tell you I've been serving as a police officer for 17 years, and I've only pulled my gun out of my holster. He said, I can count on one hand. He said, I took that safety off in my career twice. And I squeezed that trigger. I've never shot anybody. But right before I begin to squeeze that trigger, and he said this in front of the prosecuting attorney, which I'll never forget, which made it so real. He said, I saw a shiny cap coming out of your coat, and that was a justifiable shooting. You should be dead right now. I would have had no problem burying you in that parking lot. He said, but I heard a voice that simply said, wait. And so we waited. Can I tell you that when we pray, I believe, and the Bible teaches, that there are angels from heaven that are sent from God that will say, hey, mama was praying. I know, people were praying for me all over the place. Worship team, won't you come? Put that last scripture up, uh, Carissa. Daniel 7. We're going to close with this because this fits with what I'm saying. The Bible says that Daniel saw a river that was flowing coming out before him and thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. What do you mean they attended him? What do you mean they were waiting around for him to need a glass of water and they were going, my turn will come in a million years? I don't know why I say those things. No, you know what they were saying? Because God needs tens upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands because he is, he is orchestrating and, and he is sovereign over planet Earth. He's going, hey, you, want you to go to River Rouge parking lot on January 1995 and there's a man that's going to die because Ecclesiastes says, why should you die before your time if you continue to live wicked? He will die. But as mama is praying, I want you to go. Tell that officer to wait. You, Susan's going to work in the morning. There's a drunk driver that's been up all night. He's going to meet her at this intersection. I want you to go and have her spill her coffee, take her three, 30 more seconds to get out of the driveway because I got a plan and I got a purpose for her life. Hey, you, go to Belleville. That pastor's running around with a shovel talking about build a building, and I need them to stop because I got a seven times 
bigger building waiting on them right down the street. Go, 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 go. You go here. You go there. Come on. Come on. If you've been in a car accident, you know you should have died. Could it be? I'm telling you. Again, I don't know why I had to lose so many loved ones that I did, but I thank them for the ones that I know, including me, that shouldn't be here on this stage today. I'll take that up with God when I meet them one day, maybe. And who am I? Like Romans, Paul says in Romans, who are you, the clay, to look at the potter and question the potter? We are so arrogant sometimes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I feel that today. You might have drove out to church thinking you's all by yourself. You ain't all by yourself. And some of you are like, is this really real? This God, is there a real God like this? Does he, and if he is, does he really care about me enough? Let me answer that for you. Yep. And enough for you to come out here, whether you're 12, 16, 60 or 70 or 80 to hear this God loves you and he's brought you here today just for no other reason but to let you know that he's in control he's providing a ram for you someone needed to hear that and he surrounded you with his angels and you have a purpose for being on earth ain't nothing happened by accident man Wait a next week. I'm going to really show you some things. God, I love you. I thank you. We've got to close this service right now, right where we are. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I'm going to have our altar teams to come on up and, and stand ready to pray. You may have to back up as much as you can. We've got enough altar space, I believe. I want to pray for Roger Kendrick. Richard, come on up here, brother. I'm going to anoint you with oil. And we need to pray for this, brother. I want my deacons to come up and help me pray. But if you need prayer today, we're going to sing one more song. And I want you to come up and get some prayer. That's what these guys are here to do. They're here to pray and pray over you. You want to pray for a loved one that's not serving God. Maybe you got a knucklehead nephew or a son or someone you love that's out there running around. You standing in prayer for them today could be the difference in the world. The Bible says that angels stand ready. They stand ready for God to send the word. You'll see, I skipped it, but God don't send nobody unless we first pray. So I'm going to sing one more song. I want to invite you to come on up to pray. And let let us pray for you today. This man, we're going to pray for Roger today. He's got a health situation going on in his life. We're going to get some oil and anoint him with oil. God's going to heal this man in the name of Jesus. Amen. So come on, as we sing, I want you to come. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.